Welcome everyone to the Modders Inc. Podcast. This is where we talk about what is happening in the case modding community and in the computer world. Thanks for downloading the second half of our interview with Bill Owen from MNPC Tech. Um, you know, one thing I've noticed is that the industry has finally gotten smart and like case manufacturers are finally starting to offer decent engineered cases for cooling and looks wise too. Um, Leon Lee, Silverstone, Cooler Master. It's like after all these years of spying yep. on us, they finally figured out like what to do like for um, just like style and features. Um, like the other day, um, I saw this case by this company called GMC, kind of like General Motors Corporation, but it's an Asian. Exactly. Company. And it, maybe you guys saw that too, but it's like the it's the case with the uh, hydraulic front. Yeah. It's called the Bulldozer R2. Now, yeah, it's it, it's cheesy in a way, but looking at that reminded me of something that a mod god a, a five or ten years ago would have spent a year building himself in his garage. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh. Here it is, right out of the box. You can buy one now. No, I just seen the picture again today on, on the Case Mod blog, and, you know, it's like, that definitely looks like something Bill could do. <laughs> you know what I would do? The first thing I thought is matte black, all matte black finish, and then go all the crevices on there, airbrush and shadow, kind of so it's evocative, like a, a, a you know, like a spaceship, like uh -huh. a alien spaceship. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. shadow all that stuff out. Add a little bit more features and lighting to it, and you got kind of a sci-fi theme going on. Exactly, exactly. Now, within it sounds like within a few minutes, you've already got a, an idea in your head. Yeah, yeah, how, yeah. how would how would you tell other people? I mean, to come up with those ideas. I know people look at it and go, "I, I can't think of anything to even do with that," but yet you came up with you know three or four items really quickly. Is it just should people just do some research or just just let it creatively flow out or how does, I mean, I've heard it asked a lot of times, like, how do you come up with the ideas of doing this stuff? I usually tell people, like, if um, I'm talking to somebody about something, like, they ask me if they want input on a project they're going to start. The first thing I ask, what do you like to do? What right. are your interests? Are you into rock and roll music, heavy metal? Um, are you into sports? Are you into cars? Okay, take one of those. Which do you really like? Now, look at that case from that perspective. You're into heavy metal, for example. Is there a particular band you like? What kind of, like, what are their images from their album covers, their logo, or how can you incorporate that into it? Um, that way, you're, you're doing something that's a reflection of your tastes. Um, something you're already familiar with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, otherwise, movies. Movies is a big deal, especially, you know, sci-fi movies, horror movies. Boy, you know, that's a tough one, man. I mean, just... You just got to go out there and try to look at things that you look at normally from a different perspective, I guess. You know, um, go through your gut. What do you really like? I mean, for the easiest thing is what color do you like? You know, do you like blue? Well, what could you paint blue on this? How about just painting the whole box blue? You know, add some blue LEDs. Um, what is a cool image or, like, sports team do you like? How about doing their logo on the side? Um, or as the fan grill. Just that imagery that you really like seeing already. How can you incorporate that into your computer? Yeah, I think you hit it pretty much. I mean, it's just, I, like, I do the same thing. I tell the people, try and get something that you're familiar with. It makes it a lot easier because you already know the colors, the style, the mood it's going to be, and it just helps your creativity flow a little bit more into that. If it's, a, like you said, a particular game, like if you did one on, you know, World of Warcraft, like, you know, there's a character or, 
or there's something about that that you could actually build into that or get painted onto it, and and there you go. You've already started on your way. You're right. In fact, Wayne, you brought up the biggest theme that's used in our genre is game themes. That is the biggest influence in case modding that I've ever seen since I started. When the new game's coming out, the guys are real pros. They will capitalize on that exposure and anticipation of the release, and they will do a theme based on that new game that's coming out. Uh, Like, I'm a big fan of um, Gears of War. Now, I've never... That's an Xbox 360 game. Now, I've never modded an Xbox 360 yet. I plan to. That may be a theme I play off because they're coming out with the new, you know, Gears of War 2 is going to be coming out. There's an opportunity there to capitalize on a theme that's coming out. What I mean by capitalize is that there's going to be a lot of publicity and talk about that theme, a lot of excitement generated. If you do a project based on that theme, it's more likely you're going to get more attention of viewers than just doing an ordinary project on, say, you know, again, like a rock band you like. Right. I'm one of them that always falls into the category of, hmm, what am I going to do? And it takes me a while to get my inspiration. When you're doing a mod, do you plan it out ahead of time or do you think about it? Or as you're going, I I have a tendency of I have something that I'd like to do and then I get the case in front of me and it may sound strange, but I let it kind of kind of let it talk to me. Right on, man. You know, like, okay. That off the cuff. Yeah, and, and, and I can feel it, and it's like, okay. Then I start going into it and just start doing it. Well, there's so many different categories of artists out there, and in, in our realm of artistry, you've got the guys that are, like, real analytical and planning months in advance, doing sketch-up renderings in advance of what they want to do. And some people have a personality that that's just the way they are. I mean, you can imagine if you walked into their home, they probably have everything all laid out nice and neat in the same place each time. It's just the way they are. The way yeah. I am, <laughs> which surprises a lot of people, I don't really plan out anything. I do it strictly off the cuff. Yeah. I take it out of the box, and I look at it, and I'll think about it while I'm driving the next day, you know, and kind of let things simmer. And all these ideas that kind of swim around in my head, and then I'll walk back in and look at it again, and I wonder how executable is any of those ideas for what I have. Exactly. How do I reach that goal? Um I don't want to compliment I don't want to complicate things. Also most importantly, you do not want to compromise uh the structure of what you're doing with some crazy idea that what's different for me, from my perspective, I have to do something that when a customer gets it, he can piece it back together fairly easily. Like like it was intended originally. If I'm adding like crazy crap on it that he he's got to get inside of it. He's like, oh, I got to disconnect this, and I got to take off this thing that was plastered on, and blah blah blah. That just frustrates people. So I'm kind of limited. I have to do something that's treated like a cabinet. They've got to, It's got to be user friendly, accessible. After I've done mods to it, so things I look at is what can I do without uh, ruining the integrity of of the support of things and the chassis. You know, so that's right. one thing for me. I've seen some pretty crazy stuff out there that the, some of the guys have done. That, well, if you remember, Mash years ago did the Y2K bug. Yes, yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> you gotta wonder if he had sold that to somebody, the guy would be calling up Mashy. Mashy, how the heck did you get this thing open? You know, what, <laughs> what do I gotta do to get in here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the magic words, or do I rub its belly or something? Yeah. <laughs> I want to I want to swap out or add something. I don't know how. You got to come come over here and do it for me. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, if it's yours, you know, you can do whatever you want with it because you know how it goes apart, comes apart, and goes together. 
But, yeah, you're right. When you're doing it for somebody else, you have to think about what they want and their needs and their abilities. Absolutely. Here's a prime example of this. We did the AMD Phenom project. We did that for AMD to have in their uh, show display booths throughout this year. The most important thing was to give them something that was easily accessible for some that was hired to work at the, at the show. Because they contract people to work at these shows from all around the world, okay? Yep. Nobody may have told this guy ahead of time how to open the case if he wants to open it. Well, what's important to me is that an average guy that walks up to it, it's just intuitive that he sees a release latch or something in front of his face. It's like, oh, okay, this is what I do. And everything needs to fit back together like it was factory made. You do not want somebody struggling to put it back together while there's a crowd gathering around them and they're like, you know, what's wrong with it? Do you need help? You look like an amateur. So to me, in my realm, it's very important that... uh It'd be easy for the average user that's just opening up out of the box to be able to, you know, take it apart and put it back together. And one thing that frustrates me is, like, fans on side panels, you know, that you have to disconnect in order to get the panel off. Or oh, yeah. anything where there's, like, fan wires or wires connected to it, and it's like, you just can't rip that panel. You know, like, oh, i got to jog in here to get this wire out. Then i got to make sure that the wire's not there and it gets pinched, and I try to put this back on and blah, blah, blah. I hate that. Yeah. I mean... You know, fan, uh, cable management is, like, one of my biggest priorities. It's got to be laid out your way. You don't see any of it, and it's just, like, easy, you know. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm the same way. I'm pretty anal about that stuff, especially the the uh, cabling. It really can make or break a mod. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? I, uh, like, I, I actually get on some of my customers that have, like, stuff here locally, like, we'll put, like, do a real kick-ass paint job on something that the guy's put some serious money down on. On this, He's got a kick-ass shell, right? And then you open it up, and it's a rat's nest inside. You're going to spend all this money on a custom paint finish and have just this embarrassingly messy system inside. Exactly. So I will actually, you know, say, bring your box back in here. We will sit down, and I will show you, and I will help you with this, only because my name is on this, and I don't want – I just – you know, I don't want somebody to open up and be like, dude, did Bill do this? Yes. <laughs> that guy, he charged for this? You know? Exactly. So, I mean, that's what's important to me. If my name's on it, I have to, like, I want it to be, like, as if I dump my own money on it, and I'd expect it to be perfect. Well, you know, nothing's perfect, but I just want it to meet my expectations, you know. I'll warn people about that. If, they're, if I'm going to do a project for them and, like, for example, I got this guy that wants me to paint his case black, mirror black, finish, right? And he's like, you know, just it doesn't have to be perfect. You could, I mean, you could just use, you know, whatever. Like, no, dude, it's got to be perfect because if my name's on it, I don't want to see any flaws at all because that way when this leaves, I know that if somebody is, like, really nitpicky, detail-oriented, and they come over to his house and, like, it may be some guy that works, like, painting cars professionally, like, who did you have paint this? I mean, how much did he charge you? Dude, I got my name writing on that. So it's like I would tell people, no, I'm sorry. This is gonna. This is how it's going to be. You know, otherwise I'm not going to do the work. Right. It's the way it is. And, yeah, that may turn some people off. But I'll tell you what, when people see my work, it's it's sold. There's no argument. You know? Right. You, you have a standard that you've set, and it's a very high standard, and standing behind it is awesome. I'll tell you yeah. what, is that... What we're doing now, we're um, performance PCs. We're painting um, 
They're high in uh, server towers that they're going to be reselling. Mm-hmm. We're doing uh, custom automotive finishes. These are automotive grade PPG finishes, clear coated everything. And Brad, who's my painter, I've been working with since January. It's a good thing that he tolerates me because there's been times when I picked up something. I'm like, dude, this this isn't gonna. I just I just don't like this, and I hate doing it to a guy. That's you know he spent a lot of time on it. The last thing you want to do is say you got to do it over. I mean it's like, especially when they're your friend, you can feel like a heel, you know. Yeah. But you know what? I say to him, our name is riding on this. Do you feel comfortable sending this out, knowing that they may nitpick it? You do not ever want to hear back a complaint. There've been times when I first started working with Brad, dude, you got to do it over, and you'd be like, oh, man. <laughs> thank God. He's got freaking patience and tolerance because he, he, you know what? He went back and he did it, and it came out awesome to the point where my jaw drops, and I'm like, I'm totally happy, and I'm like, I can, I can stand behind this, and if somebody complains about it, I've got a good argument. Like, okay, what? Why is that? You know, what are you talking about? You know, so that's the way I am, and so in some ways, it may hurt us because we don't do a huge volume of turnaround of products like that, but the stuff we do, it's it's pretty awesome, you know. Yeah, it's all it's all top grade. Absolutely, man. I mean, you would be proud to have this in your room. I mean, that's the way it is, and I'm just very uh, thankful. I hooked up with Brad because he's very talented. Um, it's awesome. He's been painting cars and custom bikes for 14 years, and he saw what I do of value in it, and he got excited about it. And he's in. He's in with me all the way. He's like a partner now. So I think what it is too for him is that he sees the recognition in the community. When you do a car, when you paint somebody's car, or motorcycle, when it leaves your garage, I mean, you know, you don't know, you don't see the accolades or response that that person's getting over their paint job. You're not there. Right. Online in this community, you can actually read and see the responses. People are like, oh, that's awesome. Da 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 da. You get that instant feedback that just pumps you, inspires you. Yes, absolutely. That, that's one of the great things about the communities. You do get that feedback. Sometimes you get some guys that are asses, you know, and they, and they do give some negative feedback or, oh, I would have done this or I would have done that, which is great, you know. You would do it your way, but this is the way I've done it, and this is the way I wanted to get it done. But I think in most part, um, everybody is just real helpful in, in all aspects throughout the forums. And, and lending their support, and and if anybody has a question, you've always got somebody out there that can't get the answer or help get the answer. Yeah, but yeah, it, it is that actually that, that feedback that does help you go on to the next one. So I, I can even take yeah. my next mod to the next level. Yeah, man, it, it, it's it's a double-edged blade, though, and you know it, guys. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, sometimes when it hits you on the wrong day, when you've had a bad day, and you drop into your work log you've been doing for a while, and you like posted your latest update, and somebody's like nitpicking and stuff, and either like they've got a valid reason, and you feel like you've let yourself down because you may have cut a corner on something, and they called you on it, you may be like, yeah, you know, you're right. But it's the people that like just have no constructive criticism that drive you nuts and sometimes they can break you down i mean if you let them like when i first started out hey this is really awesome i can't wait to show everybody that i get your pictures up and in the first response is like oh i want it done like that da, 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 da. Yep. <laughs> you just deflated me man you know <laughs> yeah. that's one of the things I, I try to stress and i know tony does too in uh, in our forums at modern zinc is that I, I feel that 
even even if it's just a small mod or just something somebody put the effort in to try to do something, it's successful. And it will encourage them to further on and go and, and, and do the next harder project and the next harder project. And that's how we're going to have to build this from the grassroots up again, it seems like. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You have to pump them up and keep pushing these kids. Um, they need that feedback because, you know what, they may not be getting – a lot of times they're not getting that feedback from their friends because their friends just aren't into it and their right. parents are like, you know, whatever – so you are there. <laughs> yeah, and, and you also got to look at it. There, there's multiple ways to to do any one task. You know, Bill, you might put windows in this way, and I might do mine this way, and Dwayne might do his this right way. On, man. And there's no wrong way as long as the the end result is what you're looking for. Yep. Yep. There's never never discount somebody for a technique they use. Try to use it. If anything, watch and study because you can maybe apply that to your own style. You've got to have an open mind. I cannot stand people with closed minds. I hate it. Another thing is, don't try to predict where I'm going with something either, you know, or derail where I'm going. Sit back and watch. Just enjoy the ride because, you know, when I'm working at my workbench, I don't necessarily know where it's going either. I don't. I mean, I may just, like, stumble upon something and show people, and I don't really ever really let anybody derail me. You know, it's like I know what I want to do, and I'm going to do it. So, I mean... Everybody out there listening, just do what you want to do. Do what feels good, and don't listen to any of the negative crap or, like, different opinions on how to do it. If it's constructive criticism and if it's a valid, good advice and maybe a new technique or, like, a resource for something or to try something, listen. But don't listen to people that just naysay, especially people that have not had any projects. They just more or less like to sit and be the armchair critic on everything. Right. You know? Yeah, don't do, listen to that. You know, ignore them. Ignore those posts. And right. Just, man, just do what feels great because that's what it's about. Ultimately, it's your box. Right. And, exactly. and you've got to live with it, you know. So just do what you want to do. Do it for yourself, not to impress people in the forums. No, yeah, man. Yeah, that's like, you know, you get on to the topic of, you know, well, who's got what and, you know, he's got this and he's got that and I can't afford that and I can't do that. It, it it doesn't really matter because if there's a will, there's a way you can achieve. You might have to put a little more elbow grease into it, but you know there is a matter of you know sitting down and actually completing the task without actually you know going to a two hundred thousand dollars shop and having all the tools in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's probably one of the topics now. I, I've, I've kind of noticed through people talking is. Well, I've done it by hand, and such and such has done it by CNC or or water jetting or whatever. And I don't think that really has to do about the mod. It's you know, it's it's how you're going to complete the mod and what what is that and the artistic ability going into it, the creating it. I mean, sure, you know, you, you, some things you'd have to ship out or or whatever, because not everybody can do everything. I mean, me and Tony had this discussion the other night. It's like. I would love to be able to do the detailed paint brushing that some of these guys have been doing for 15 years, but if I can get somebody to do that for me, you bet. Yeah, you know, man. I have no problems doing that. It's no problem. It's you, it's still your vision, and you're still orchestrating, you're guiding it, and putting it in the direct. You know, you you steer the direction of where it's going. If you have to um, hire another talent to come in and do something, it's still your vision. They're, they're, they don't know what you want. It's like being a conductor of the orchestra. Exactly. That's right, man. You know, you yeah, were conductor. There's nothing wrong with that at right. all. I mean, look at Jesse James I mentioned earlier. I mean, he's one of my all-time heroes. And oh, yeah. 
He doesn't make all that stuff himself. It's his vision. He's got a staff of people that do it for him. But without him steering the ship, they wouldn't come up with the same stuff. So when people get into forums and they naysay you because you've got, maybe you've got an uncle that has a, a laser cutter or reaches to it and you had some stuff cut by him. Oh, man, I mean, that's just, it's still the kid's vision. And I've seen, I've seen stuff done by hand, done by, completely by hand in somebody's backyard that blow people away. And a prime example of that is Paul Edwards from Cooler Cases UK. You look at his projects, all the lumen work he does, he cuts by hand with a band, like a, a jeweler's hacksaw. And it looks like it's been water jet cut. So just take your time um, and learn stuff. People with hand skills, are, I respect mutually as somebody that has a resource to uh, run in a, a laser cutter or, or water jet. Because ultimately, right. still, somebody's got to make a design for that water jet, you know? Exactly. And, and I personally, I wouldn't, you know... Like some of the cases that you do, Bill, I mean, we, we obviously know that you're doing them for, to be sold. And a lot of times you're working on a deadline that's not quite so uh, flexible as, like, say, mine would be. And it, it's obvious, you know, in order to make your deadline, in order to make the customer happy, in order to get the product out and continue making money, you have to be able to, hey, I need to have this done and, you know, all as well. Yeah, I don't think AMD would appreciate waiting two years for me to hand cut the panels on the thing. <laughs> yeah, Correct. Yeah. Or use my freaking uh, bandsaw. Yeah, you're right. Uh, tighter quarters for deadlines, so I have to outsource a lot of stuff, especially painting. And as we all know, there's so many variables involved with painting that even even when I deal, you know, with Brad, who's been doing it for 14 years, he still has times he f's up stuff. It's just there's so many variables involved. Painting can be a huge frustration, man. I mean, how many times do you want to resand something until you get the right finish on it? You know, and exactly. so for me, that's one of the biggest things that I'm I'm uh, thankful that I've got somebody to do that for me because uh, I don't want to spend late nights with an aerosol can. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's head back to your latest project, though, the AMD project. Was that a labor of love or a labor of hate? <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> That's probably because we had a conversation a while back when I was uh, during a time when I was very frustrated. Not with the project, but with dealing with AMD, dealing with a corporate entity. You know, yeah. that doesn't have a lot of love for the small businessmen. You know. Well, maybe they don't understand uh, the small businessman or understand what we're doing. They really don't. I mean, you're dealing when you deal with a corporation, you're dealing with a contact that he's. This isn't his primary job to deal with modders. His job is he's got like maybe he's an engineer in some aspect, and they've assigned him to take care of this. You know, and so he's not quite versed on how to deal with this kind of stuff. This may be a guy. It's always paid to have stuff done for him. And he doesn't quite understand that you can't turn something out within a week's time. You know, right. that there's a lot of preparation and time involved. The biggest thing is when you build something that's completely custom, when there is no book to follow, no reference to follow, and you're trying to make it very intricate, drop jaws at a show, there's going to be some trial and error involved. Uh, drawing everything out in CAD, but you may have forgot some other factors and like the fit of something. So suddenly on the fly, you have to modify something to fit. We spent a ton of hours. When, when the AMD project, when all the panels, side panels were finished, altogether there was uh, two pieces per side. 
multiple pieces. If you if you look at the case, I mean, there's like multiple facets to the design. We spent about 12 hours just in the assembly of everything after we came back from the plater, just to put all the panels together. The reason being is because there's so many factors that we didn't take into account, like screw sizes or screw th- thread sizes. There there was a point where I was hacksawing machine screws in order to get to fit so there wasn't it wasn't sticking out of the side on the other side or it was sitting flush. I mean, it was a lot of off-the-cuff fabrication just to get everything to fit together nice and tight. You know, so, that, that's a good point, though, saying even though with the most preparation, you can't always get it perfect. I mean, there's always going to be something, so people should not get discouraged, even though, look at you, I mean, absolutely the most professional of the case modders, and you still come across a problem that you didn't think ahead of time. And it happens. That happens, and it's perfectly normal. And you know what? What um, divides a lot of people is how you handle that situation when you come across it. Right. A lot of people I've known will throw down a tool and curse at it and just, well, you kind of like walk away briefly and just kind of open up your mind and like just solve the problem. Just approach it fresh, you know? Yeah. Um, for an example, the back to the AMD deal. A lot of that stuff that we got was brand new stuff. It wasn't even on the, that case wasn't even on the market. It was the Thermaltake Sword M. We got a pre-production sample direct from Thermaltake in Taiwan. I'll tell you what, is that that case in itself has multiple panels in it, all right? It uses more different size machine screws than you can imagine. <laughs> like four different size machine screws. Now, my thought was, why the hell do you have to have all these different size machine screws? Couldn't they have designed it to utilize one size? Right. Because, as you know, there is, you've got your, your, your standard size machine screws for a computer. Pre, you know, yeah, it was a pre-production sample. Maybe it was had some problems there still working on. In any case, we had to contend with that. And then um, Thermaltake sent us their uh, their motorized 7-inch LCD monitor. But um, uh, the monitor, I think, had been out a few months before the Thermaltake Sword M came out. And it had a universal mounting bracket for, like, a standard tower case to go into because it was sold to whoever wanted to put it in their case. Well, the problem was with the Sword M, the Sword M, they claimed it was comp- compatible, but it wasn't. Now, not a really big deal to, you know, modify that. But when I've got the guys flying in from uh, Florida, he's just, like, he's just arrived. Yeah, he calls me, Bill, I've arrived at the hotel. I've just checked in. I'm ready to come over and put the system in that thing. And I've told him, like, by the time you arrive, it will be ready. And I've just discovered when I'm going to put this LCD monitor in that it will not go in. And suddenly I've got to break out the Dremel. And like I'm like looking at the clock and I'm like, uh, dude, can you like uh, could you go out get something to eat like for give me about an hour here before I pick you up? <laughs> you know, because it, it was important to me to have the whole thing done so I wasn't like messing around and you know fixing stuff. And so here I am off the fly having to like figure out how to get this thing mounted. Now a problem with the sword him is that the uh, optical drive bay is a solid piece that goes on both sides. It doesn't have slots in it, as you can see across. I remember I had to, like, measure out some cockamamie way to, like, figure out how to get new screw holes in there and stuff in order to get this thing to mount. But um, I remember I had to, like, thread the holes and stuff, and it was just a real pain in the ass. Um, But it was just one of those things that was, like, off the fly. Okay, the pressure's on. I got to get this done. You know, that's one of those situations that's unique for what I do. 
but you ha- you can't like freak out about it. If you freak out about it, you're just wasting your energy. It's actually, in my opinion, it takes more energy to be negative and angry about something than just try to be positive. Yeah, kind of like you said originally, and you know, step away from it and and just give it a day if you have to, and, and just think about it. Oh, oh, you know, yeah. Another thing, guys, that just remembered. <laughs> we need, uh, you know, when we did that sort of, we had to. Uh, Everything like other than the very basic basic chassis was was stock. We we modified it everything. Okay, made new stuff for it. We had made a new motherboard tray as well. Well, in our fogginess, because the plan was we had to get it to Hanover uh, by a certain date, and so and so was coming in to put the system in. Blah blah blah. It was all hyped up, but we didn't take into account when we mounted the motherboard tray the correlation when the video card went in that it needed to mount on the rail, the rail for your card holder on the back for the screws, your your I.O. slot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can take into account that it had to be in relation to that. So we, like, found our position for the motherboard tray, fastened that sucker in, and you also have to, there's also, the motherboard tray was more complex than simply putting the tray in. It had supports on the other side of the panels it was mounted in a, I don't want to get into too many details, but it was a lot more complex than simply bolting in a tray. Anyways, that's another thing I realized at the last minute. When I went to put in one of the um, new Radeon HD 3870 cards in, it went aligned with the screw holes on the I.O. side. And it's like, and guys, this is a $500 video card that weighs four and a half pounds. And I'm like, uh, it wouldn't be very good to have a cockeyed card in here. So that was another one of those off-cuff moments that kind of stressed out. But uh, what was the total build time on that? Hours. I wouldn't know. I remember um, I started on it like in, uh, in October of 2007, and then it, the deadline was um, February, I think February 16th. Or maybe it was the first week of February. That yeah, it had I think to it was the first week. Because yeah, um, that was going to Seabit, right? Yeah, and you know, and it didn't make it. And it was my fault, though. I don't want to, uh, <laughs> I don't want to mention names or anything, but there was something else that happened that um, it just didn't make it. But AMD was very accommodating. They said, not a problem. We've got another show coming up that uh, we'll pen it down for. So they were really cool with it. Um, I was bummed out because I actually um, had customers in Europe that knew that it was going to see it, and they're like, dude, we're going to go to the show, we're going to see it, take pictures, and we'll tell you all about the display and stuff. And so I was more bummed out about telling them, ah, it's not going to be there. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I was in uh, Taipei, the type, Computex in Taipei, uh, what, about a month ago. So it's definitely going to be a world traveler. Yeah, they've got it penned down for some other events. Um uh, yeah, that's cool. You know, I, I, I like to see that. I love to see, read about something uh, that we've done, you know, and it shows up somewhere in the news or something. That's cool. Yeah, that's it's definitely a, quite the awesome mod. I wouldn't mind seeing that myself in person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, and it's another one of those deals when I look back at it, there's a lot more I would have wanted to do, but time-wise, just wasn't realistic. You know, um, my first thought when I... Even like when they wanted to do the project, my first thought was, how cool would it be to have a case at a show that a guy working the booth could have a remote control key fob that he could walk around and just like push a button and have have the panels open up automatically, just like yeah. hydraulically open up. 
like when yeah. people walk by and then he could close it and nobody would know, you know, <laughs> he's just doing it in his pocket. <laughs> I wanted to do that. Actually, I, I, I actually looked at uh, getting the hydraulic arms wasn't a problem. It was more about the uh, type of receiver, transmitter receiver that would be small enough to be stealth enough to put inside the case that no one would see. Yeah. Uh, we found one, but it was kind of bulky. It was for a car and it was kind of bulkier than I wanted, but uh, that kind of got dropped. And then, I wanted to do some different stuff on the front of it, uh, but that just didn't happen. You know, time, you just, you know, you have to drop some ideas, you know. Well, it's definitely an amazing mod, and you've gotten quite a bit of recognition from it uh, lately. Well, it's in CPU Magazine now, and it's in AMD's hands. I guess they're, like you said, traveling around the world with it. And um, do you think that's ever, is that their, their case? Yeah, that's theirs. They paid for it. And uh, who knows, they'll probably end up in uh, AMD's cafeteria at their corporate headquarters, and then uh, lunch ladies can sit and admire it. Oh, yeah, maybe an espresso machine or something. Eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Man. There sure was a lot of good stuff in this part of the interview. We've got one more to go, so please stay tuned. And don't forget to download part three of our interview with Bill Owens of MNPC Tech. Thanks for listening, and remember, visit modersinc.com. Put new life into your PC.